Welcome back everyone. This is Sally's Rebuilding America number 72 and it is December 11th, 2023. So it has been almost eight months, seven and a half, almost eight months since we last sat down to do this. And I have uh, typed up a whole bunch of notes. You'll probably hear my papers in the background, but it's great to be back with you. So what happened is I've I've thought about doing this a number of times and it just felt kind of overwhelming to even know where to start. But today, uh, Amanda left a comment on the Tucker Carlson and Roseanne Barr Discuss the Nephilim uh, post and she mentioned history and the facts from history. I thought, okay, I have to make, I have to make a podcast because there was no way to adequately respond to what she said. And I thought, okay, now is the time to do this. So this will probably be a long recording. I am going to hit a lot of topics. Um, and we'll see how long we go. This may be one where you listen to it once and then have to go back and pick apart what you want to research further because there will be a lot here. So standard uh, disclaimers. I'm not a prophet. I've never claimed to be one. I could be wrong about things and I have freely admitted that from the beginning, but I am good at noticing what's being discussed and being ahead of the curve, like with the Nephilim thing. I told you back in March, this is going to become a thing. The Jews in Israel thing, I said, this is going to become a thing. I said that way over a year ago. Um, and so I want to give you a heads up about a, a bunch of other topics. Um, I also want to reiterate, like I frequently do, nobody should make any financial decisions based on what I share. I'm not a financial expert or advisor. Do your own due diligence. And I always say that, but it will specifically apply to a couple stories I'm going to hit today. So just know that you figure out what works for you and I'm not giving advice. So by way of background, depending on how long you've been around my website, um, I still think Trump is a part of something massive, far bigger than him, very long term. I think this has been decades in the making. I've seen people make the argument this goes back to the Kennedy assassination. And the longer I watch things, the more I think that's probably true. That um, we're seeing the very final stages of a counter-insurgency, counter-coup, whatever you want to call it, um, that goes back to when they took out Kennedy. Um, I have a video that I made a few years ago about Trump called Patriot or Traitor. I didn't pull it up and listen to it again, but the last time I listened to it, I hadn't really changed my mind about anything I said, and I still haven't. Um, I do reference the Q thing, and I'm going to bring that up today. I've explained at length on my website why I reference it. I never considered it until after the 2020 election, but after I took the time to really research and figure out what the deal was, um, it's as plain as the nose on your face that Trump is involved in it. And he's openly um, retruthed and, and all this. And again, it's all explained on my website. If you go into Q and the Great Awakening, I explain how I came to that conclusion. Um, it's very obvious now. The only people who don't know that or accept it are people who haven't researched it for themselves. If you spend any time researching it, if you just research what I've written in that category and you, you look at all of what I've written and you think you still think it's not real and that Trump's not a part of it, then I, I would love for you to tell me why, why you think I'm wrong. So feel free to leave a comment. Um, I'm going to bring up true social quite a bit today because True Social is about information dissemination. Twitter's the battlefield, or X is the battlefield, but True Social, it's about disseminating information, and it is about putting 
Trump and people working with him on an uncancelable cancelable platform. That's what it is. Now, I, I would imagine they have plans for it beyond right now, but that's where I go for information. And then I use Gab for um, getting good commentary from people who think outside the box. But I don't follow any random Anons. There's, I've, I've really carefully chosen the people to pay attention to on there. I sp- spent months figuring out who are the real people who are connected to Trump and who are not. And there's tons of drama on there. There's different camps. I avoid all that. I couldn't even tell you really who's connected to who because I just don't pay attention to it. I've singled out who are the key people and those are the people that I keep my eye on. So that's kind of when I talk about True Social and who I'm getting information from on there, it's not random people. I've carefully figured out who is likely the most to be trusted. And I say likely because one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that Trump will push the enemy out into the limelight in order to expose him or her. I mean, there's people he's endorsed, there's people he's pushed for. And a a mistake a lot of us made, I think, is that we assume that if Trump is pushing the person, it must be a good person. And that's not the case. A lot of times he's pushing these people out there so they get exposed. Um, And I don't want to get into that too much, but I think that's important to understand. So I am going to bring up a lot of weird things today to make you aware. Like I said, when when um, Amanda made that comment about history and facts from history, that's what prompted me to do this. So I'm not telling you that the things, these things are all true. I want to make that very clear. Okay, so just like with the, the Nephilim thing, that was easy to talk about because it's in the Bible. And I could just start off the conversation by saying, here's where it's in the Bible. And here are some passages that are probably also related And here are some theologians discussing how they understand it. That to me is very simple. And I don't, um, I don't feel the need to push a certain perspective. Um, Some of these are not cut and dry because I can't just point you to the Bible and say, this is what the Bible says. Now study it and draw your own conclusions because they're not questions like that. But these, there's a lot of topics that are out there. And if you haven't run across them, you will. And so I'm going to bring them to your attention. But again, I'm not even sure what I think about some of these, but I'm going to make you aware of them. So first off, I want to bring up um, a big development in the Christian world that you might not even be aware of. And I, I plan, hope to do a whole series on this on my other website because it's it's going to fit the new I have a new name for my other website. It was a quite simple life and now it is the faithful Christian woman. And this topic is going to apply very much over there. But I'm going to bring it up now. Um I, these might be some names that are familiar to you or not. You've probably heard of the Gospel Coalition and you may or may not have heard of Kevin DeYoung. He's a pastor teaches at a seminary, he's um, on the board or something at the Gospel Coalition. And you've probably also heard of Doug Wilson. I've embedded um, videos of him before. You've probably heard of Canon Press, um, Classical Christian Schools, the Logos School, um, you know, all, all of that thing, the Moscow, Idaho, New St. Andrews College, there's a whole um, there's a whole movement there that is all kind of encompassed there. Um, Post millennialism, you know, it's all connected. Okay, so every November for the past five or six years, Canon Press and and all of these people have done a thing called No Quarter November, and this November turned out to be very interesting. 
because Kevin DeYoung wrote a lengthy, I won't call it a hit piece, but a lengthy commentary about the concerns he has about the Moscow mood is what he called it. And it, um, it clearly showed that there is a fracturing within conservative evangelicalism, whether you want to call, you know, evangelicals, Baptists, Presbyterians, anybody who's on the conservative believes the Bible, you know, that camp, um, in, in Protestantism, especially, uh, you've got all of those people starting to coalesce on one side and then you've got the gospel coalition and people like Russell Moore and, and so on all coalescing on the other side, moving rapidly towards the left, the social justice stuff and all of that. Kevin DeYoung is an interesting case in that he's probably the most conservative person left with the Gospel Coalition. So he wrote this, whether he was asked to do it or he did it on his own, I don't know. <clears throat> but it really exposed um, the break between the two sides that has been steadily amplified over the past um, four years since the BLM stuff. Started with the Kavanaugh and Me Too, but the BLM and the lockdowns and the jabs, that really, really started to show where people were. So anyways, I um, I don't want to say much more about it because I want to get into it in detail, but um, Doug Wilson had written back in August of 2021 a post called The Coming Preference Cascade. And this is on his blog and May blog, uh, dougwills.com. If you want to go and read it. But um, he talks about some of the same stuff I've been talking about. Uh, I have a, a video about things will never be the same again. Um, and this is... Um, where he's predicting that there's going to be this moment when people look around and recognize the people who no longer trust authorities, no longer trust um, the narrative, that's my word, and all of a sudden these people are all going to recognize each other. And that's why I say that the split is, it's not... Um, it's people who believe in the Bible versus people who don't believe in the Bible. That's really what it's boiling down to. Um, and it doesn't matter so much if you're Baptist, Presbyterian, Evangelical, whatever, you're all ending up moving to this one side because there are bigger issues at stake than your mode of baptism or how you do communion or whatever. So anyways, that was a big event that most people have no knowledge of, but it, it will impact them because organizations like the Gospel Coalition impact a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, a lot of people who lead Sunday school, do Bible studies, whatever. So just to make you aware of that, and I'll hopefully be doing more on that soon. Okay, so moving along, I, mean, I could I could talk about all of these topics for a whole podcast and there isn't enough time. So I have to keep myself moving here. In the news, Twitter, X, and Elon. Elon calling out Disney and Bob Iger. You probably heard about that where he told them to go themselves. Um, and Elon pointing out that Disney and these other organizations, but he's especially gone after Disney, are still advertising on Facebook and Instagram, which are platforms that still facilitate child trafficking. 
and that has ramped up quite a bit. If this is new to you, I've got a bunch of Disney posts on my website you can look at. Um, that is escalating. I don't think that's an accident. The U of M football story. I put up a post about this. I don't have any proof of what I'm about to say. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's something's just telling me that this is the case. There are amazing parallels between the Michigan football cheating scandal and the 2020 election fraud story. And I get the impression that U of M is being allowed to get away with things in an open and blatant way and expose themselves and whoever else is connected to this story. Um, it's just too similar. They've got them dead to rights. They know they know what's gone on. We know the FBI is involved. We know that there were minors involved with some of this stuff. They've let go of coaches. They've gotten rid of coaches, which so they've basically admitted they did things that were wrong. Um, all the whole college football world is watching because they know that Michigan cheated repeatedly since they got caught. Their stats and their performance has dropped dramatically. They're still undefeated, but um, I don't know. I Like I said, I cannot prove anything. There's just something that tells me there's just way too many similarities to the election story. And it makes me think that there's something bigger going on, almost like there's some kind of a sting happening there because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. And it just doesn't seem to be about money and that, you know, the Michigan brand will bring the most eyeballs to the college football playoff and stuff. I don't know. I, I still maintain there's something more there and we'll find out, but that's just something to keep your eyes on. Um, the New Zealand whistleblower story, um, it came up in the Karen Kingston interview that I shared and then Revolver had a story about how, um, they were going after people who the New Zealand, I believe it was the government was going after people who are hosting the whistleblower data on their servers or something. Can't remember exactly, but um, I mean, that's irrelevant at this point. The dark web has got that information probably 10,000 different places. Um, but as Karen Kingston said, what the whistleblower brought forward is that during this time when the jabs were being rolled out, they were losing the equivalent of 120 people a day. I have not had time to dig into this story, so I cannot, I can't really speak to it any more than that. They arrested the whistleblower and then he's out. Um, but that woman who was previously the prime minister who I will not even name because she's just so awful. Um, the, the story that's going to come out of New Zealand is going to be really bad. And the other thing is that everybody in the government at pretty much every level, I believe, exempted themselves from the jabs. So keep an eye on New Zealand and what's going on there. And then... Um, Okay, I'm going to skip that one. Maybe go back to that at the end in the interest of time. All right, from True Social. Something interesting that came out just recently is that Greg Phillips and Seth Keschel have a previous connection. Greg worked with um, Seth's dad, who has passed away. He had cancer a number of years ago. Um but it's interesting because Greg and Seth both showed up on True Social and kind of hit the, the public sphere at a similar time. And Seth is brilliant with the, um, the election fraud data. And Greg openly uh, hinted to his Q connection. 
So I've wondered for a while if Seth um, was part of the Q operation. He's never indicated that in any way, but, but it did come out. And you could go to Greg Phillips' timeline. Um, he was talking about Seth's dad and, and such. So that I thought was very interesting. There aren't very many people that I feel like I would implicitly trust on True Social without having met them. Seth Keschel seems to be one of those people that he seems to be uh, a compulsively honest Christian. Um, I could be wrong. I've never met him or looked him in the eye. But if I had to take a chance on someone on that platform, he would be in my list of people I would consider taking a chance on. Um, another person to pay attention to is Douglas McGregor. He is one of, well, he is the only person that I'm aware of who was speaking the truth about the Ukraine thing from the beginning. And he's clearly connected. Um, he has been out there saying that we are not going to make it to the 2024 election. They've definitely been seeding that narrative um, that there might not be a 2024 election. I don't know why they're seeding that, if they know something or if they're trying to cause panic or I don't know. Um, but that is definitely out there. And other people have discussed that too, although who I cannot tell you off the top of my head. But Douglas McGregor is, um, I can't remember his rank, a general of some, I think he's a general, but, and then speaking of the military, if you didn't see the prayer at the Army Navy game this weekend, you should find it online. Um, defected, the defected show on Badlands last night, Sunday night, did um, a discussion about it on if I can remember, I'll try to maybe put that video on there. Very interesting. Um, very, very much a nod to like the devolution Q military idea. Um, but if you find it and watch it, you'll, you'll see what I mean. So you might want to look that up. Um, there has been... And I, I believe I wrote about this somewhere else on, on my website. There has been a real push for the idea of Trump by Christmas. And it started off with... Um, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm simply reporting to you what I'm observing, okay? So please don't say, Sally said Trump's going to be back by Christmas because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that narrative is being firmly established. There's no doubt about that. Now, is that because it's going to happen or is that because they're doing something else with it? Um, they have, there's a, truth put out by John Rich. He's a country singer, definitely connected to Trump. I won't get into how I know, but it's very clear. And he had put out a truth. Um, all I want for Christmas is military tribunals. And that has been reshared multiple times by that triple plus account that I've mentioned many times. Uh, the Triple Plus account also put up um, just over the weekend, I think, the uh, Washington crossing the Delaware in the Durham boat on Christmas Eve or Christmas night. Um, and we'll pull that up in a second. He The other day he put up a uh, YouTube uh, song of I'll Be Home for Christmas um, and there are other things I'll pull them up too, but he's definitely been pushing that narrative. So I'm going to go to true social and pull up his timeline. Now, some of this will be out of order. And it, again, if you want to find him, 
his it's at zero one zero one zero 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 one and you can look this up on true social for yourself and read through he's got some pinned um, ones that are really good so um, for example his top one that's pinned and I've I've shared these it's one is a like a graphic of Trump with a Santa hat on it says, all I want for Christmas is Trump for president. Trump retruthed it. And then there's another one of Trump in like a military jacket and he's got a cap on. Can't tell if it's like on a, I can't tell what it is. Um, and I'm not military to figure it out on the fly. It says the real commander in chief and Trump retruthed it. That's a whole nother story. Um, then he's got a, a bunch of other things you could look at that seem to be important. Um, he has a Trump shared a Mark Levin interview with Congressman Michael Waltz from Florida. And I did not have time to watch the video, but it's quote, what kind of a president end quote? an enemy of the Republic, an enemy of we the people, an enemy of humanity, an enemy combatant. Those are all interesting. An enemy of the Republic. The Republic came up in the Army-Navy prayer in a very interesting way. An enemy of we the people. That also came up in the Army-Navy prayer. An enemy of humanity. That came up in the Tucker Carlson-Roseanne Barr conversation, that being human, what it means to be human. You care about your neighbors, your the children around you, and so on. And then an enemy combatant, because we've discussed multiple times the idea, um, the whole devolution continuity of government thing um, of, of Biden and these others working with him being an enemy combatant a belligerent occupant. I mean, there's lots of theories about, about that. So that came up. Um, Triple Plus had written, I'm going to read you something he wrote. Greg Phillips retruthed it. And then Triple Plus reshared the screenshot today. Um, which says, when one is capable of directly communicating with someone who may or may not be part of an amazing classified plan, which is pretty incredible to think about, and one asks for info on said plan, only to receive an answer of, quote, I'm not at liberty to say, end quote, sometimes piecing together open source crumbs is helpful. Catherine, and that means Catherine from Truth Vote, Catherine relationship with Breitbart, they were working together, Breitbart war with Podesta, who is Podesta's crew, Breitbart death, Prince advising Trump, Greg comments on Prince, Donald J. Trump, TTV comms pick war. And I don't have time to get into all that, but Triple Plus reshared that screenshot to say, don't get lost. The fog is clearing years in the making. And all of that was in response to a meme of Trump saying, Trump declares war on child traffickers. The storm is here. The guilty are in very high places. And Trump had retruthed that meme himself. Also, these are all from Triple Plus over the last few days. Elon Musk, current owner of the weapon formerly known as Twitter, top DOD contractor under Donald Trump. Quote, and this is something Elon said a while back, quote, as a rule of thumb, whatever conspiracy theory you have about Twitter is probably true, more true than you know. End quote. If you didn't see the Schellenberger and um, the uh, Taibbi post I put up, you should go back and look at that one. It was in the last couple weeks. This is a quote from Trump speaking at a some kind of dinner because I think he had a tux on. I think it was Friday evening. But this is a, oh, this is a Trump quote that Triple Plus reposted. It's happening. It's happening. We shouldn't have had to wait this long. 
but you know, things like that happen. A lot of people thought it could have happened maybe sooner, and it should have happened sooner because of what they did. Bunch of cheaters, but now the time is here. We're going to do it. We're going to do it right. We're going to find out what happened. All right, continuing on his timeline. I'm skipping a few. He did a poll about Alex Jones. Do you believe Alex Jones is a friend of the truth? Because um, Elon just put him back on Twitter. Alex Jones interviews Elon Musk for two hours. Um, and Triple Plus reshared it and said seasons change. I don't know what to think of Alex Jones because I have not followed him very much. So I don't really have an opinion. Um, okay. Yesterday. The Washington crossing the Delaware, the very picture that is um, on the top of my website. I think it's up there right now. I'm checking. Yes. So it is, um, it's that picture. And he wrote rigged and Stalin, S-T-O-L-L-E-N, Stalin, in all caps, unprecedented fraud, and then all caps, treason has consequences. Now the Stalin comes up all the time. Trump constantly, when he's saying stolen, he puts Stalin, S-T-O-L-L-E-N. And you probably know Stalin is a German Christmas bread. This picture of Washington crossing the Delaware is when they went and had the surprise attack on Christmas Day. Make of that what you will. It's one of those other Christmas things that has come up. Okay, now this one I found interesting. This was from 17 hours ago. And he said, Bitcoin is a honeypot, bait and switch. And I'll say up front, I do not own any Bitcoin to the best of my knowledge. This is the first time I've seen him discuss Bitcoin. He may have before, but I've never seen it. Um, in the comment thread, someone shares a screen capture of a Trump tweet from July 12th, 2019. And he wrote, I am not a fan of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which are not money and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, including drug trade and other illegal activity. And then um, a little later in the thread, Triple Plus says, Bitcoin is, parentheses, their trap. Hence, quote, bait and switch, I am not guessing. Um, I have no idea. I, I, I find the whole idea of Bitcoin absurd, to be honest. Um, creating something from nothing is not, does not make sense to me. And I, people can say, well, you're not um, sophisticated enough to understand. Now I understand the whole, you know, blockchain and privacy and all this kind of stuff, but the whole Bitcoin thing, no. Now, if you want to do uh, something that's based on a real store of value like gold and silver, then I can understand that. But the whole Bitcoin thing, I've never understood the attraction to it. It also doesn't work if there's no electricity. I mean, there's just all sorts of things. So this was interesting. Take it for what it's worth. I don't give financial advice. I just bring it up because it's interesting. Someone else mentioned in the comments that, um, that uh, there's lots of theories about who created Bitcoin. Some some people believe it was Putin. Someone else someone else thinks it's um, uh, some Japanese guy. I mean, there's all sorts of theories, but you can do what you want with that. Uh, Bitcoin does not interest me, so you can take it for what it's worth. All right, we're gonna keep going here real quick. Um, see if there were a few more things I wanted to point out. Um, 
just one second. Oh, another thing is, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gonzalo Lira. That's another story that Tucker talked about. He's an American citizen who's been tortured in a Ukrainian prison since July for the crime of criticizing Zelensky. Um, I did not know he was still in prison. I knew he was on the run and they were going after him. And I had watched some of his videos, but somehow I missed that he was in prison. And Elon Musk said, an American citizen is in prison in Ukraine after we sent over $100 billion. Is there more to this story than simply criticizing Zelensky? If that's all it is, then we have a serious problem here. So it's a story to uh, keep an eye on. Okay, here's another one I wanted to mention. I had written a post... This was back in August called, Are We Living Through Chinese Bamboo? And this is from that Entheos, Entheos, who is definitely connected and definitely was connected with um, Julian Assange. He's been very open about all of that stuff. Um, don't know who it is, but he's clearly part of whatever is going on. There's this whole thing about the bamboo metaphor. Um, if you aren't familiar with it, um, but bamboo grows underground for years and then it blows up above the ground and just takes off and grows massively. Um, I can't even see the whole thing here. Let's see. So, oh, here we go. Um, so you plant the seed, you water it, keep the dirt over it. First year, nothing happens, dirt. Second year, you water it, nothing happens, dirt. Year three, you keep caring for it, dirt. Fourth year, still dirt, and so on. Fifth year, and finally there's a sprout, and the tree goes full of life and grows 80 feet in six weeks. Okay, that's the bamboo metaphor. So five years, nothing's happening above ground, goes, it bursts to life, pops above ground, and it grows 80 feet in six weeks. And that was a metaphor that was shared um, that I put into this post if you want to look at it again. And the question is, did the bamboo tree grow 80 feet tall in six weeks or did it grow 80 feet tall in five years in six weeks? What do you think? It's five years in six weeks because it was growing it's broad, vast root system underground, a system that could support explosive growth. You can click and read more if you want. I bring that up because um, Triple Plus shared a screenshot. This was a day ago. It's I don't know where it's from. It looks like it's probably from like a some website about birds or something. It's from February seventh, twenty twelve. It's got two pictures and it says Megapode, M-E-G-A-P-O-D-E. -E. Megapode birds have an unusual strategy for rearing their young. This next part is highlighted. They dig deep into volcanic ash to lay their eggs using the warmth of the volcano to incubate them at the correct temperature. When they hatch, the young are fully feathered and already able to fly. That fits with some of the other things that have been brought up about um, there's all sorts of things going on and they will hit the ground running. And I don't have time to go into all of that, but that um, is a recurring theme that comes up and that just came up again yesterday. Um I've shared the meme of the Disney castle with the uh, Epstein Island temple as the iceberg underneath. I've shared that. Uh, General Michael Flynn reshared that. Um, anyways, there's just a lot here. You would have to um, go to his true social and look through it. Um, 
Trump recently said, somehow I'm not worried. I'm not worried. That's why we're doing this pause or simmer because we have to straighten out our country and so on. Anyways, I could go back here for days, but then I would not have time to talk about the other things. So that's Trump by Christmas. They have pushed that idea. I'm not predicting it. I'm just telling you that they are definitely pushing that idea and we shall see what happens. All right, on to the next thing, which is the history, which is the thing that made me start all of this in the first place. All right, so let me open a couple of things here. Um, all right, now we're getting into the highly speculative stuff. In just a second, I need a drink of my coffee. All right, now we're getting into speculation. All right, so first of all, the whole Hitler and World War II thing, I've shared some stuff about that. Uh, there's a, a video I shared, The Greatest Story Never Told, or something like that. It's long, and it's about Hitler. Um. Once you watch that, you know that we've been lied to about significant parts of World War II. A lot of it is uh, sins of omission and, you know, sorting out the truth from the lie. That's a whole other thing. There is another long series I have not watched, uh, but I've seen recommended so many times. It's like 12 hours and I just have not wanted to do it. It's called Europa, The Last Battle. I believe you can find it on Rumble. It's for sure it's on Odyssey and BitChute. You probably will not find it on YouTube. Um, if you're really interested in the Hitler, World War II, Jews, concentration camp, United States, Russia, all of that, that would probably be the thing to watch. Most people have said it really had a big impact on them. But again, I've not watched it, so I can't speak to the content. I do know that that other movie about Hitler, that alone was quite revealing. So that's one thing. Um, the, the topic of timeline deception. So this is one thing I've spent a lot of time on and have not really talked about because I have no idea what I think of this. So if you want to watch somebody who spent a lot of time thinking about this and is a Christian, um, Shelly at There's No Place Like Home, she has a YouTube channel. She's actually a relaxed homeschooler like I am. She has a similar style. She has, she has a channel that was originally homeschooling and she still does homeschool videos, but she also does a, a whole thing called question the narrative. She does it from a biblical perspective. And if, if you wanted to watch someone who's thinking about these things from a biblical perspective, she would be the one I would recommend. There's a lot of people making videos about this stuff now, but, um, some of them aren't from a Christian or a biblical basis and some of them just strike me as weird and so there's really not anyone else I feel comfortable recommending at this point um, but she would be one so the timeline deception thing and this is why I said to Amanda when she mentioned facts you know proven facts I think that's what she said I don't want to misquote her but the idea of facts that are proven from history and I would, and I would say how many facts that are proven from history are not true. And we think they're true and we believe they're true, but there's a lot to indicate that maybe they're not. So some of the things that come up again, I'm not advocating for any of these. I'm just bringing them up. Um, missing history. I've seen 300 years, I've seen 700 years, I've seen a thousand years. Um, 
you think about the dark ages and how there's nothing much there. And some of these things I've thought about long before any of this stuff came up. Um, there is some really compelling information out there of artwork and um, concurrent civilizations and all this stuff. I mean, and again, I haven't talked about it because I haven't had time to figure out what I think, but there's tons there. There's people who talk a lot about the world's fairs. What, what was the real purpose of the world's fairs? That's a whole rabbit hole. Mud floods is another thing. That is a huge rabbit hole. There's this whole thing about um, Tartaria, Tartaria. Um, that's a really big rabbit hole. That's one thing that Shelley has kind of changed her mind about, which is interesting. So that's another thing. There is this seeming pattern of um, buildings being built that don't seem to fit the supplies and workforce of the area at that point in time. And this is back more like in the 1800s. Uh, which, and it ties into this whole idea that there have been resets throughout history. Like the flood was a reset. I mean, that we would all agree that God reset the earth at that point. He got rid of the bad and kept Noah and his family. So that was a reset in history. Um, you could argue that the Tower of Babel was a reset of type. God confused everything, spread people out, kind of reset things in a way. So there's this, this history of buildings that don't really seem to fit. And then these fires that happen that destroy buildings. And there's, there's YouTubers who have gone into this in great detail, done tons of research. I'm not sure what I think of it. Um, orphan trains, that's a whole other rabbit hole you can go down. The one that I find most interesting to think about in this whole genre of YouTube videos and stuff. Um, why did so many insane asylums pop up out of nowhere in the second half of the 1800s? Why did all these small towns across the fruited plain need insane asylums? Now that to me is an intriguing question. Um, so if you want a rabbit hole to start with, that's that's the one I find most interesting and I haven't had time to really come up with a view that I would, you know, put forth as fact, but it's odd. They've found Egyptian stuff in the Grand Canyon. That's a whole nother rabbit hole you can go down. Um, and then there are lots of stories of red-haired, six-fingered giants Native American stories. Um, every time giant skeletons were found in America and like they would call in the Smithsonian or they would call in experts, they invariably would disappear. And so the giants thing could potentially tie in with the Nephilim thing. If you start digging into the Nephilim thing, um, you'll inevitably hear about giants and such. Um, there is a well-known story from the U.S. military, I think it's in Afghanistan, of a giant that was back like in the early 2000s. You could probably track that down. I don't know if I have that bookmark. That was another thing I came across. So anyways, there's all that from history, and I've just barely scratched the surface of the things that people are discussing. Um, you have the whole Antarctica thing. Why is no one allowed to go to Antarctica? Why is there a treaty with all these countries? Why, if you go on Google Maps, 
and I've done this myself, I believe it was Google Maps, I've done this myself, you cannot get a map of Antarctica. It's all weirdly configured. Um, all sorts of weird stuff about Antarctica. Um, exploration that went on back there. Again, another huge rabbit hole of history that you could look into. Um Okay, two more. I'm going to save my favorite one for last. Okay, another thing to be aware of, and I've, I mean, I've mentioned this a lot here and there, is the whole war on whites. Um, you can see what's going on in South Africa and Ireland. Uh, I don't place any hope in Vivek as a candidate or whatever. He brought up the great replacement theory. Why he's bringing up all of Trump's talking points is up for debate. Is he doing it because he is a, a mouthpiece to get these topics out there? Or is he just shrewd and he knows what connects with Trump supporters? I don't I haven't followed him enough to get a read on that. But he did bring up the Great Replacement Theory. So the Great Replacement Theory, when I brought that up, probably, I don't know, I'd have to go back and look over a year ago. You know, you couldn't even mention it and you or you would be labeled. And I brought it up and then Tucker brought it up just like the next day. And now it's slowly just becoming part of the conversation because it's obvious that's what's going on. Now, if you want to get into the quote unquote conspiracy part of it, find out who it is that's pushing all of this mass migration and this illegal immigration and who is pushing um, all of this onto white countries. And it starts with a J and it's four letters. And if you start digging into all these NGOs and um, organizations that push for this, you're going to find a very interesting pattern. And I'll let you do your own digging on that. And if you really want to dig on it, Gab is the best place to go because Nobody's afraid to talk about it on there and the information flows freely. But ask yourself why there's a country that allows nobody to come in and become a citizen unless you can prove via your DNA that you should be accepted. And yet they are pushing mass migration on all of these other countries. And you do your own research and come to your own conclusions. All right, this is my favorite story right here. It's not very often I come across something that makes me stop in my tracks and say, ooh, that's really interesting. So I'm going to read from Revelation 20. And if you have a Bible, you can grab your Bible. I'm reading, I'm on Bible Hub here, and I'm going to read from Revelation 20, the first three verses. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the keys with the key to the abyss holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss, shut it, and sealed it over him so that he could not deceive the nations until the thousand years were complete. After that, he must be released for a brief period of time. That verse 3, if you look at different versions, um, it will say, after that, he must be set free for a short time. He must be released for a little while. He must be released for a brief period of time. The King James says, excuse me. The King James says, I'm going to read the whole verse and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. The question that is being discussed is, is it possible we are in the little season? And if you were in the little season, how would you know if 
Satan was released for a little while or a short time. Because it says he could not, he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After that, he must be released for a short time. That's the New American Standard. So the question is, if, well, we know that the scriptures tell us that Satan will be put in the pit, shut up, a seal on him, that he cannot deceive the nations till the thousand years are fulfilled, and then he must be loosed a little season. The Bible tells us this will happen. How will the people alive during the little season or the short season know that they are in the short season? And if Satan were in the short season with the ability to deceive people, how would he deceive them? What would he do? How long would that short season last? It's a fascinating question. Now, when you pose this to people, the first thing they say is, well, but the tribulation hasn't happened, so we can't be in the short season. How do you know the tribulation hasn't happened? Were you there? Or, I'm not sorry, not the tribulation, the millennium. If you believe in a literal thousand year millennium, sorry, I said the wrong thing. If you believe in a literal 1000 year millennial reign of Christ, and you don't take it like figuratively, like a millennialist take it figuratively or whatever. If you believe in a literal thousand year reign of Christ, and then that Satan will be released for a short season to deceive the nations again, how do you know the millennium didn't already happen if you weren't there? That's the question. This gets back into some of the things I mentioned about the timeline deception. And again, I'm not saying this is true. What I'm saying is when you start to look at all the things that don't make sense, like the overwhelming evil and deception happening right now, that we have never seen anything like this before. What do you make of it? Were the Dark Ages the Dark Ages? Or were they the millennial reign of Christ? Once you start to understand that all of these people invert reality, invert the truth and the lie, if the Dark Ages were really the millennium, they would invert it and call it the Dark Ages. Then you start getting into all of these massive buildings that were built, these cathedrals and all of this stuff. Okay. When were they built? How were they built? For what purposes were they built? Again, these are the questions people are discussing. And that's why it's so interesting to me to see people like Tucker Carlson and Roseanne Barr, I mean, Roseanne Barr of all people, talking about the Nephilim and religious people who go down these rabbit holes and try to figure this stuff out. They're talking about the scripture. The Nephilim are in the scripture. We've, you know, we've clearly seen that. So this is the question that I find most intriguing and most people just automatically dismiss it. But if we were in the little season and Satan had the ability to deceive the nations and you think back to the deception we've lived through the last hundred years and the inversion of everything good, how would it look any different? What would he do differently? It's a question to ponder. I don't have the answer. I would not stake my life on any of any view related to this. But someone is pushing these questions out there. And I, I had a post where I said that I thought one of the things that they're going to do is they're going to come after the Bible. And someone is pushing people to take up these biblical topics. And you'll laugh and roll your eyes, but you, you have to th throw the flat earth thing into that as well. Um, all of these topics are bubbling to the top for some reason. Is it to discredit Christianity and the Bible? Is it to discredit Jesus? 
Is it to wake people up to how much they've been lied to about things? But you have all these people digging into the Bible and um, somebody is making that a push. Is God waking people up to look at these things? Is the enemy, you know, why the enemy would push people to study the Bible? That doesn't make sense to me. But these topics are out there and they're gaining more and more traction, especially on TikTok. That's what's driving a lot of this. Um, TikTok is where a lot of these conversations are starting and they're spilling over, um, especially onto YouTube. But um, I don't have a tidy answer, but I'm bringing it up and um, it's... Is something you need to be thinking about because like the Nephilim, you know, could you answer those questions if, if you got into a conversation with some people who had been learning about these things on TikTok, would you be able to sit down and, and carry on a conversation about where they went from before and or after the flood and are they here now and what would that look like and, um, you know, it's like the Q thing. The The last Q thing was about DNA. That was the last thing they put up in the last few months about protecting your DNA. That's weird. Like why, why would they bring that up of all the things? In fact, I'm going to pull it up and read it to you. Um, so the last Q drop was November 27th of 2022. And it says, what is coded in your DNA? Who put it there? Why? Mankind is repressed, will be repressed no more. Information is knowledge. Knowledge is power. Information is power. How do you protect your DNA? There is a war for your DNA. Protect your DNA. Ascension. Q. So they've not said anything in a year, but the last thing they've they wanted to talk about was DNA, which that gets into the whole Nephilim thing as well. And now you see that topic bubbling up. The timeline deception thing is all over the place. If you haven't run into it, you know people who have because it's all over. Um, and the short season question, that fits in there with it. And so does the flat earth. And again, you can laugh about it, but they they all start to be tied together. And there was a, a debate that was on, it was uh, two pastors and the one guy's a flat earther and the other guy, I can't remember his name. Um, he's somewhat well known, I think in like mega uh, patriot circles, um, got together for a debate and the flat earth guy was completely prepared and the other guy had no idea what he was talking about. He was not able to defend his his view. And it, it really was a bad look. And whether you think the earth is flat or not, you don't want to get into a conversation with someone and your answer is, well, because the experts told us. Because I can tell you right now from watching some of these flat earth people as part of, you know, doing, looking into the timeline stuff and the short season stuff, they will bring up things that you have never thought of and you will be caught flat footed and embarrassed because they, they have all sorts of things to talk about. Just like the short season thing. If you start looking up videos about that, they bring up a lot of really interesting stuff. And even if you think they're loons and you think they're wrong, can you explain from the scripture why you think that they're wrong? Or is it just because, well, because we know the millennium hasn't happened. Well, how do you know that? Well, because it hasn't happened. Well, that's not, how do you know it hasn't happened? Again, um, you're going to come across people who are solid believers in this stuff or at least strongly advocating for it. And you need to be ready for it because you're going to come across it. So anyways, this video is, or this uh, talk is now
over an hour. So I should probably stop. Anyways, hopefully that gives you um, something to think about. Um, I had a couple other things open and I, I will just close with this. Um, there's a post I did on June 15th, uh, Devolution Power Hour number 153, Analysis of Trump's Post-Indictment Bedminster Speech. And I, I was flipping back through all my posts to see what topics I wanted to talk about. I wanted to remind you of this if you didn't watch this video. He gave that speech and one of the things he mentioned, and I wrote it down so I would say it correctly, he's talking about for the last seven years, our weaponized agencies have conducted illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people. Seven years. He said that this summer, so you go back seven years, that's 2016. Illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people. Every topic we've talked about here today, as you go back, like if you listen to this again, to go back and, and look up the things that you want to dig into deeper, just remember, we are in the midst of a massive PSYOP. Ghosts in the Machine, that video, we've discussed that. You can find that on my website. Again, the timeline deception, the short season, the flat earth, all this stuff is being pushed for a reason. Is it God waking us up to things? Is it uh, a psychological operation to undermine the Bible? Is it to confuse Christians? Is it to, um, I don't know, but be aware that we are under psychological attack all the time and all this stuff is out there, stuff that we've never talked about in all the years I've been on the earth in any meaningful way. So why is it there and what are we to learn from it? So anyways, I hope this was interesting. I could talk about these kinds of things all day, but I have stuff to do and so do you. So um, leave a comment. I'd be really curious to know what you found most interesting and what you are going to dig into. If there's a topic here that you really want to talk about, I would be happy to write a post and share some, some stuff about it. Um, so let me know if there's like a topic that you find most intriguing and I'll try to dig up my best bookmarked material about it and and try to get a conversation going so anyways take care have a great day and we will get together again soon bye bye